Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Hi guys, my name is Liz Hunt and I live in central Mississippi with my husband Victor and our cat Jack. Um, honestly, they're two of the greatest blessings I could ask for. And if you're not a cat person, that's okay. We can still be brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> um, in my free time, I like to watch TV, movies, read books, uh, go kayaking, and play games, board games, video games with some of our friends. And as a professional, I am a licensed therapist. And primarily right now, I see children and adolescents, but I'm hoping soon to make my way up to adults. And so some of you guys may be thinking, why am I here? Who am I and what am I doing? And why is this not Patrick? <laughs> um, so just to tell you a little bit about that, not too long ago, I reached out to Patrick about wanting to be a part of the Our Safe Harbor team because over time, as I really started to listen to the Holy Spirit and, and really follow where he was leading me, it became pretty apparent that I had a passion and hopefully an act for speaking about the good news of Jesus in any way that I could. Um, and so that's why I'm here. Um, what I hope to do is to provide you guys with some of my testimony and my experiences and perspectives that have helped me approach God in a practical and gentle way, much like the way he approaches us every day. Um, if you see me look up sometimes, I'm just glancing at my notes to make sure that I'm staying on track and that I don't make these videos any longer than they need to be. Um, my hope is to keep them along the same length that Patrick normally does with his videos. Also, if you're wondering why I may sound a little sniffly uh, at the time of this recording, I do have some sniffles going on, but no worries, all is good. So let's get started. What I want to start in this video is probably what I'll call, um, for this series of conversations, if you will, what I wish my parents taught me about God. So just to put this out there for some thought, have you ever wondered why it may feel kind of strange that we only talk about God, think about God, hear about God, or even experience God in short bits throughout the week that we like to call worship? Um, or maybe you've wondered why even outside of worship, when we do talk about God, it's usually the do's and the don'ts. Do obey your parents, don't have sex outside of marriage, do read your Bible every day, and don't forsake the assembly. <laughs> um, if you're in either one of those boats or somewhere in between, that's what I'm here to talk about um, and hopefully provide you guys with some good information and some insight on. For me personally, I remember plenty of talks with my parents about uh, respecting others, loving my siblings, giving to others, and so forth. But when it came to hearing about how God spoke into areas of my life, such as being vulnerable with someone, 
or having a job or spending money, saving money, my relationships with others, romantically or not, physical health, mental health, and so much more. That was something that I just don't really remember much of. And that goes for, you know, being at home or even in a church building environment. But with that being said, I want to make it clear that I'm not here to bash my parents and I'm not here to bash any other parents out there. Uh, what I mean to do by this is to just bring attention to our God who is truly so much bigger than Bible studies and sermons on a Sunday or Wednesday and who really deserves to be remembered as such. Even though we're human and we have our imperfections, we don't need to continue to make the same mistakes because of those imperfections. And so what I wanna propose here is that we acknowledge the mistakes that parents have made in the past, learn from them and grow from them. Not just for ourselves, and not just for the betterment of others, but for the sake of parents out there who are trying to figure it out for their children. Or even, like myself, someone who could be a parent in the future and wants to know, you know, what should I do about this topic of conversation? But most importantly, for the sake of the children, God's children, which in reality is all of us. And when it comes down to it, it shouldn't be that hard. Unfortunately, uh, we've made it that way at times, but it shouldn't be that hard. Not, not because it's a command, um, but because when you think about it, being a disciple of Christ and being a Christian is really hard to do when you try to separate God and compartmentalize him based upon what day of the week it is or where you're at. And so that's why it's very important for us to understand how and why God should be able and is able to fit into every area of our life and should be at the forefront of it. And so for this video, I want to give an overview of where these topics of conversation are coming from. And so that's going to be Deuteronomy chapter six, verses one through nine. Uh, this is probably my favorite section of all of scripture. Uh, it's always spoke powerfully to me. And this is also often referred to as the Shema, which I'm not a Hebrew scholar, um, and I didn't go to seminary school, but I have some knowledge that, you know, the word generally tends to mean to listen or to hear, also pay attention to or to focus on. And just looking at that cluster of definitions, that takes a lot of effort. So let's look at it. Starting in verse 1, it says, and I'm going to be looking up to read it for these next few moments. Verse 1, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Verse 2, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Verse 3, hear Israel, and that's the word Shema, and be careful to obey that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Verse 4, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 5, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Six, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Seven, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Verse eight, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. And verse nine, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And so this passage shows us uh, the Lord instructing you know, the people of Israel, his people, to remember not only what he's done for them, but to follow his commands and to pass them on to each generation. And to put it simply, he's really asking them to remember him and to reflect him in every area of their lives. Not just during the times that they might gather at the temple, um, not just when they're with their families or other believers, but every moment of their life, when they're at home with their families, when they're away from home, doing whatever it is that they did. Uh, like the verse says, when they wake up, when they lie down and go to bed and so forth. And so simply speaking, everything that they did and everything that they were was to reflect and express God's character. And this should be an example that we strive for today. Granted, I'm sure that you know their daily lives looked a lot different from ours. Nonetheless, it can still be applied here for us to reflect God's character in our daily lives. And so really where this focus comes from is starting in verse five, where it mentions loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and going through verse nine. And then Jesus adds in, later on in the New Testament where we see not only loving the Lord but loving others and reflecting that through our daily lives because that's what we should be striving for as Christians. But let me ask you something here. How often do you hear Christians talk about Jesus, talk about their Lord and Savior as casually or with as much enthusiasm as they do when it comes to their favorite sports teams or plans that they have for the weekend or hobbies that they enjoy or even their friends. Some awkward silence there, perhaps. Uh, I know that when I took the time to really think about this, it, it hit pretty hard. I had a really big facepalm moment, just, wow, what are we doing here? You know, but not to worry. This is something that can be better done with awareness and practice. And so that's what I'm here to help bring light to and to help start the conversation for. Another example I wanna talk about before I end this video today um, is Exodus chapter 32 to kind of uh, give a more practical manner of how to portray this subject. So in Exodus 32, um, Moses is up on Mount Sinai talking to God and God is writing the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets and the Israelites are at the bottom of the hill and they're getting pretty impatient and they tell Aaron you know hey why don't you just take all of our gold here and make us a golden calf so that we can have something to worship 
Um, and so that is the most common thought here with these verses is that they wanted this calf to be constructed so that they could worship it in place of God. Um, and I don't deny that. It seems pretty plainly laid out there in the text. However, it also seems like the golden calf was a way for them to experience, perceive, and even understand God in a much more physical way. Because to them, cattle was very important. It was a life-giving animal. You know, if you had cattle in that time, you had nourishment and you had sustainability, excuse me. Now, I'm not saying what they did was right um, or that we should follow that example. Uh, I'm just giving this example in the text to show how God can be experienced and understood in a more physical and practical way uh, of our daily lives. Because when you think about it, our minds can only grasp, grasp excuse me, such a small portion of our God who is so unfathomable and immeasurable and it's beautiful to think about. Um, so with the Israelites constructing the golden calf, we too can make more conscientious decisions and bring more awareness to what we're doing in our daily lives in order to better understand and reflect this God who is so beautiful, so magnificent, and so incomprehensible. And also start to help others do the same. So in the next video, uh, I'm going to dig into some of those practical examples that I mentioned, like having a job or having relationships and such. Um, but that is it for this video. If you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email Patrick uh, and he can let me know and forward them to me. But until then, I hope you guys have a great day and I hope to see you soon.